0: So for thousands of years, human beings have been sharing food together and not just as a way of getting enough calories so that we can survive, right? Eating together is one of the primary ways of being family or of being friends or of of just being a community. Eating together is a ritual, whether we think of it in that way or not. It's a ritual or a practice that has the power to form us, uh, our relationships, and our values. Primarily because of how frequently it happens, right? The more we do things, the the more they have the power to teach us. And so as a result, how we eat together can reveal what's important to us. This is true of our our spiritual, spiritual practice of communion that we'll take today. But it's also true of all the ways that we end up eating together. So Olivier, who is originally from France but was living in the United States wanted to treat his pizza and pop friends, American friends, to a real meal. And by a real meal, in his mind, it was a real French meal, right? So he carefully planned out every detail, each course together with the perfect wine for each specific food. Naturally, the the dinner began with an entree which is, is a funny example of the differences between French and American cultures, because entree actually means to enter. Uh, it's, it's the beginning which, which gives the impression that there are going to be many, many more stages, that, that this is going to be a long journey with food. But a, as Americans, we've made the entree the main course. <laughs> like We want to start with the biggest plate of food as we possibly can, right? And then we want to leave. We want to get to the main event as quickly as humanly possible. It's interesting, right? And I wonder what it shows or what it says about our, our values or what's important to us. But for a nice French meal, the entree is, is the beginning. Is this right? Okay. <laughs> the first wine, you, you can fact-check me after the service. The first wine is offered perhaps a, a Chardonnay, And once each person has a a beverage, they raise a glass um, and say to each other, Santé, which means to life. But what Americans often get wrong is that when you clink glasses, it is critical, it is imperative that you intentionally look the other person in the eyes. We, We don't do that very well, honestly you intentionally look the other person in the other eyes as you as you clink glasses a good life requires that we see each other that we really see each other so gathering around the table whatever table it is begins with recognizing and honoring each other and our common humanity so for the next month or so we're we're looking at different spiritual practices that can help us to see more clearly and honesty. We're still in this season of epiphany where we're trying to figure out what to do with what the light reveals. So if we're looking for, for one spiritual practice to add to our life, one easy spiritual practice to add to our life, be intentional about looking other people in the eyes. When you say cheers or sante or salud or um, what is it in Korean? Jambai? Okay, yeah, you can say that. <laughs> or in Swedish, it's Skål. So wh- whatever we say or whatever we do, if you're gonna clink glasses with somebody, look them in the eyes. Now at this point, you've already been sitting at the table for at least an hour, but you're, you're glad that you didn't leave um, because most of, of, of the event is, is still happening. Next comes the soup, which is, is followed by fish, which is followed by a little cup of sorbet. And you might be thinking to yourself, this is the end, this is the dessert. But it's really just the beginning. The sorbet is only meant to prepare you and your tongue for the next stage of the journey, to help you make the shift from the lighter foods and the white wine to the main course and the perfectly paired red wine, the, the more hearty foods. And, and so you've been here a long time. But you're glad you didn't leave after the sorbet because the next course is the main course, which is usually poultry or beef, or bouffe bourguignon or, or, or coco vin, something that is amazing and delicious. And then after that comes a small salad, which is meant to help with digestion, which you're going to need, because after that comes the cheese plate. And, and maybe another wine. Finally, after several hours at least, the dessert arrives together with maybe a glass of champagne. Because why not celebrate this long journey that you've had together? Why not celebrate each other and the company that you've shared? Now, I actually have to say that the official end is actually, after all of that, an espresso or a cup of coffee. Um, But but this is is an intense, long journey. So, what does it say about what they value or what is valued and meaningful? This way of eating together. Yes, of course, it's about the good food. But the critical value includes taking time, slowing down long enough to pay attention, to notice the many complex flavors of the the different foods, but also to pay attention to each other and all of our complexities as human beings. So Olivier is offering his friends this beautiful, beautiful gift. But not long into the meal, they say to him, you know what would be really good with all of this? (laughs) Coca-Cola. And Olivier was like, what? You're on this taste journey that is carefully crafted to help you pay attention to the many layers of taste and you want to destroy your taste buds with chemicals, sugar, and acid water, which is essentially what Coca-Cola is. Somehow, Olivier's friends just couldn't appreciate what this meal was all about. Formed by our American fast-food diet over years and years, generations even, we tend to want that immediate burst of taste that intense burst of taste that comes from massive amounts of fat, sugar, and salt, right? Which then ends up numbing our senses, so that we need to keep adding salt as the meal goes on. And, and, and in the end, it just numbs our ability really to taste anything other than the sugar, the fat, and the salt. It keeps us from figuring out how to pay attention. Do you think this has anything to do with what we value as a, as a culture? beyond food. We can talk about that later. But, but Olivier's friends are not alone, and, and we're not alone, because in a way, this also was happening 2,000 years ago in one of the earliest Christian churches. In his first letter to the community in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul tells us this. Now, 1 Corinthians 11, starting at verse 20. And he says to this community, when you come together, it's not really to eat the Lord's Supper. For when the time comes to eat, each of you goes ahead with your own supper. And one goes hungry while another gets drunk. All right. The Lord's Supper or communion is supposed to be this beautiful gift that means something more than the food. In addition to the food, Jesus invites all of us to gather together at the table to see that we are all a part of God's one global family. Everyone belongs. Everyone is included. Everyone is equal. But the way they're eating together reveals values that are completely the opposite of what this meal was supposed to be about. Somehow they just couldn't appreciate what communion meant in many ways because of the the culture that they've always lived in and grew up in, the many practices of eating together that were different. Instead of eating together a shared meal, this community was divided between rich and poor. The rich ate and drank too much while the hungry were ignored and left out. So, so Paul gives them this warning. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be answerable for the body and blood of the Lord. Examine yourselves, and only then eat of the bread and drink of the cup for all who eat and drink without discerning the body eat and drink judgment against themselves. Yikes. So afraid that we might intentionally or accidentally take communion in an unworthy manner and therefore bring judgment upon ourselves, we quickly developed restrictive rules around communion. Only a generation away from Paul An ancient church document, which is not a part of the Bible, called the Didache, came from Greece, says you must not let anyone eat or drink of your your Eucharist or of your communion except those who are baptized in the Lord's name. So examining ourselves then became mostly about our individual faith commitment and what was happening in our individual life. Obviously, personal reflection isn't a bad thing, but it still seems to be missing the point of what Paul is talking about. Don't eat and drink without discerning or paying attention to the body. And by the body, he clearly means the community, the people who are gathered together. Don't eat this meal without including everyone as a reflection of God's inclusive love. Don't eat this meal without seeing each other. The bread and the wine or or the juice alone, it doesn't mean anything in this practice without the people who are gathered around the table to enjoy it. But when we all come, with our our various stories and our complexities, the meal takes on more and more layers of taste and meaning. We, as a community, bring that to the table. That's what the communion is all about, is, is gathering together with all of our layers of stories and meaning. So once we're able to see this, once we're able to see each other, For those of us who are Christian, this meal can also affirm or reaffirm our faith and our commitment to follow Jesus. It can be a reminder of God's self-giving love as we remember Jesus. It can also be about what is happening in our personal lives and what we need in any given moment. It can also be about prayer and it can be about confession and it can be about God's amazing grace. It can be about so many things. But what if you're not sure about all of this faith stuff? Is there room at this table for your questions, your doubt, or your curiosity? All are welcome, without exception. Is this meal getting more complex? Is it getting more interesting, maybe? But, but what if... You have other faith commitments, or, or no faith at all. Maybe you're here because you came with somebody that you care about, or maybe you're here because somebody you care about made you come. Even still, is there room for you? If you want to come, you're welcome. Even if you're coming to celebrate our common humanity, this is the base level meaning of this practice. We are here to celebrate together our common humanity, all the ways that we are united with one another. Dr. James Cohn, who famously helped to articulate and define black liberation theology once said, we were created for each other and not against each other. We must, therefore, break down the barriers that separate people from one another as we seek the beloved community of humankind. Community. Communion. The whole point of this meal is to join us together in all of our diversity and our complexities. As a kid, I... I liked communion for three primary reasons in church. First, it meant that the church was almost over. (laughs) Second, it meant that I could get out of my seat and move my body, which was was something that I terribly needed to do as like a hyperactive kid. And third, I was hungry, and I liked the taste of the grape juice and the bread. (laughs) That was primarily it. I came to the table because I was bored but I still belonged. And because of that, years and years and years later, this paved the way for me to eventually see the other layers of taste and meaning and connection in this meal, in this practice. Eating together in general can be a beautiful spiritual practice. If only we can figure out little ways of intentionally paying attention to one another, of really seeing one another, being at the table just long enough to notice who's across the table. And this sacrament of communion is a a beautiful spiritual practice. If only we can intentionally see each other and make room for one another at the table, then there are an infinite amount of layers of meaning for us to discover once we're there. To invite and to welcome people from different perspectives and different places, it doesn't diminish for us Christians what this table can mean. It can only enhance it. There are layers and layers and layers of meaning. So let's not let our one preferred taste, our one important taste, or meaning be the Coca-Cola of our faith that numbs our taste buds, and our ability to pay attention, specifically our ability to pay attention to one another. All are welcome at this table.